batter up welcome to another episode of muggle with a mic hello hello katie here and i'm joined uh by phil hey phil yep. what's up hi uh not much how are you it's been a couple weeks since it we've talked been. so getting ready for baseball season are we can you tell or is uh, that pirates of penzance <laughs> well <laughs> It could be. Whatever you want it to be. It's meant to be baseball, but it can be from Penzance. No, yes, this is our baseball-themed episode. So I'm wearing as much pirate Pittsburgh Pirates attire as I can have. I've even got hats in the background. I've got a little PNC Park replica because I am a Pirates fan. Win, lose, or suck, we don't give a duck. <laughs> I, uh, I should have worn my Quidditch jersey. Shut up. I don't I don't have any baseball jerseys anymore. So who do you root for, Phil? Oh, Cincinnati Reds. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now you guys we um pirates have sucked for a long time. Since I was born, we made in nine I think it was ninety, ninety one, and ninety two we made it into the playoffs. Since then I mean, we were division champions, but since then, meh. But the Reds have been fairly good, but they really suck this year, don't they? Uh, yeah. Have you uh, have you been to any Pirates games? Have you been? Oh, yes. Oh, I mean, I figured you have. But... Oh, yes. I love uh, PNC Park is like a home away from home. And then before that, Three River Stadium, I went to the last series Ooh. that they played in Three River Stadium. So the, one of the last three games. I went and saw many, many moons ago, I went and saw... Uh, the red stadium and i saw they were playing a pirate so yeah who won yeah i think it was cincinnati reds uh, i believe poodle that's probably been 10 years ago so hey let me i'll tell you what let's get this out of the way because i'm thirsty show me your mug you got you got a mug yes i do and i was okay. just about to transition i have a whole baseball themed snack area here for me oh goodness okay. so i have a bowl of peanuts which All will right. be really great for the sound oh for the episode i'll try to let me crack a bunch of them sorry not cracking them later and i can eat them and then also for my beverage what do you have to have with peanuts at a ballpark uh beer so i don't have a <laughs> i don't have an iron city beer which is what they serve at the at pnc park but i do have the closest thing is rolling rock which is from pennsylvania and i have a mug that i got when I went to one of the, uh, I th I'm guessing this was at a Three Rivers game because this is very old, but it's a, you freeze it and it keeps your beer cold. So it's got the Pirates logo on it. So here's some more sound for the audio listeners. There you go. And I'm pouring it. Can you hear it? Ooh, nice. You should be a Foley artist. <laughs> there you go. So I've got all my baseball snacks. What's what's your mug today, Phil? Well, I have my stubborn wiener dog mug. He's wearing uh, headphones. It says, uh, I hear you. I'm just not listening. I'm just not listening. And my drink of choice at the ball game is uh, I have Coca-Cola. Coca I have a nice cold. Instead of coffee, which is my normal in my mug, I have Coke. So. There's nothing like a nice, crisp Coca-Cola. Right. And a hot dog. That's that's what I eat at a baseball game when I go. I get a nice hot dog and a Coke. You know what? Going to the ballpark is fun because there are moments of excitement and then moments of leisure. You're just sitting yeah. there. 
You know, that's the great thing about going to a ballpark is just the grand scale of it. You watch it on TV and it's just like, yeah, it's a ball game, but you go there and it's so big and the energy and, you know, the smells and the food, it's makes a world of difference. It's so American. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think America, you think you do think baseball out of all of the sports, baseball is American. So they should sell apple pie at ball games. There you go. Let me let me look it up. There's got to be some place that serves it. Uh, I'm sure some place does. Guy Fieri creates absurd apple pie hot dog for MLB's something. I'd try that. Would you? Yeah. An apple pie hot dog? Well, I mean, is this is an apple pie shaped like a hot dog? Like, or is it actual got a hot dog in? Because if it had an actual hot dog, I probably wouldn't. But I don't know. Oh, it looks like an apple turnover with a hot dog in it. Nah, I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) Well, he made it for the Field of Dreams game when they did that. Mm -hmm. uh, What was that? A few years ago? Yeah, I don't know about that. There you go. Someone thought of it. Should they have executed it? I don't know. Okay. Yet to be determined. So, eating a peanut. Okay. I'm going to throw the trash on the floor and then just wait for someone to clean it up. This is like at uh, Logan's Steakhouse or something. Yeah, exactly. So the peanut shells on the floor. <laughs> okay, Phil, I got some. I got a little bit of baseball trivia in the movies mm. for you. All right. Pay attention because you might be quizzed later. Oh, okay. Do you know what the first baseball movie ever made was? Mm. I do not. It was called The Ball Game, and it was made in 1898. It sounds like a Charlie uh, Charlie Chaplin film or something, the, <laughs> the Ball Game. It's literally, and it's not Ball Game one word, it's two words, The Ball Game. Oh. Thomas Edison produced the first baseball movie, The Ball Game, which featured two amateur teams from Newark, New Jersey, playing their hearts out. Over a century has passed since the fir- that first baseball movie, and more than 250 baseball movies, series, and documentaries have been produced. The Edison Manufacturing Company was a company organized in 1889 by the inventor and entrepreneur Thomas Edison. Okay, there were three main people in this movie. Their names were, and these the first one totally sounds like a baseball name, Scoops Carey. <laughs> Either that or uh, someone with a cat. Yeah. Scoops. Zane Gray played himself. All these guys played themselves. But Zane Gray was actually born in 1872 in Zanesville, Ohio. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if he was named after the town he was. I didn't even put those two things together. Ron Howard said that he names his kids after the street they were conceived on. Oh, that that's awkward. <laughs> uh, that's. It's like, I don't need to know that. Saying. No, yeah, that's <laughs> what he says. So, well, no, he was he was born Pearl Zane Gray on January thirty first, eighteen seventy two, in Zanesville, and the town was founded by his mother's family, and she was a famed Western novelist. Yeah, it could be maybe the town was named something else and then it was named after him. 
Yeah, because I would think that that town would have been established long before 1872. Or there's a lot of famous people from Ohio. I mean, mm-hmm. um, like Custer, he's from Ohio. So is uh, Cary Grant. And I think I knew that. I mean, yeah. Drew Carey. Uh, is he from Cleveland? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't the beginning of his the Drew Carey Cleveland show Rocks. they open up yeah. in? Yeah. Cleveland Rock. John Glenn. Mm-hmm. The dad from Modern Family, the grandpa. Hmm. He tried out for the Steelers. Well, you know, um, the waitresses, that band, I believe that's their name. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. They did uh, Christmas wrappings. You remember that song? I think so, uh, I know yeah. What, I, I know what uh, boys like, that song. And they were an 80s band. They were from Ohio. They're okay. From, uh, maybe Cleveland. Yeah. Yep, yep. So... But you that know, one's on like uh, that one's a kind of uh, like a Christmas song, Christmas wrappings. Um, uh huh. I think it's, I, it was on like the Shrek Merry Christmas. Christmas. Uh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, ah, humbug. I'll find something, something. it. I know what you mean. And I'll find <laughs> it and I'll play a little. You're gonna section. play that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know another really famous person who's totally awesome from Ohio? Who's that? Nick Reynolds, and he's an actor. Oh, true. We had him on. He's from Ironton. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of famous people from Ohio. And not to mention the two co-hosts of Muggle with a Mic. Well, that's true. That is true. (laughs) All right. So the last person that was in the the scene was Scoops Carey, Zane Gray, and Scott Stratton. And you can find, if you want to go online to YouTube, the Library of Congress has, it's literally like 30-some seconds long. That, that's the movie, because it is 1898 we're talking yeah. about. But you can you just watch them. They're just playing baseball in on a field, and people are running around. You cannot tell what's happening, but it's there. And that's that's all I have right now for baseball movie news. I just thought that was neat that you can go on there and watch that. Like, what is that? What's the math? Do math, Phil. 1898 to 2022. Um, a long time ago. <laughs> In a baseball park far, far away. So, Phil, what is your favorite baseball movie? Favorite baseball movie? You asked me too quick. Sandlot? Oh, I do like Sandlot. And then I like uh, Field of Dreams. That's a good one. I keep thinking... <laughs> My mind keeps going to, it's not necessarily a baseball movie, but it's a movie with baseball in it, which is Hook. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Run home, Jack. <laughs> oh. My Mine is, I honestly, after rewatching Rookie of the Year, I think as a kid, my favorite was Rookie of the Year, but as an adult, a League of Their Own is an amazing baseball movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like League of, League of Their Own. Yeah. Um, Major League. Yeah, that's that's all different you know, genres of baseball. Bull Durham. Uh huh. That's a good one. That's yeah. Is that who is that? Kevin Costner. Kevin that's Costner. what I thought. So he does that and Field of Field of Dreams. Yeah, yeah. You think he's a baseball fan? So, I don't know. There's so many, but I, I like uh, Angels and Outfield too. And there you go. A young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, and it also had uh, Christopher Lloyd in it. Doc Brown. Yep. What's that noise? Is that me or you? That's me. What is it? It's, it's Mortal Kombat. It's from our <laughs> Oh, yes, Phil. Can you please show off your background? Because you've changed your background. <laughs> no, I did. I got out of my office with all my messy, yeah, all my messy office. So I'm just in my 
little arcade. Was your arcade saying, get over here? Yeah, it is. It is. So uh, that's to the side. I should go turn that down or off. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, if you hear noise in the background, that's just Random. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. If, you hear, if you hear someone getting beaten up, it's not me. <laughs> it's Raiden and Scorpion. That's fine. at it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that'll that was a quick little intro, and now we're going to get into movie talk. Sound good? Sounds good. <laughs> Let's talk about movies. <laughs> Rookie of the year. This movie was made in 1993. It's rated PG-13. It has a runtime of an hour and 43 minutes, and it is now available on Disney+. Plus. The synopsis. When an accident miraculously gives a boy an incredibly powerful pitching arm, he becomes a major league pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. It's directed by Daniel Stern, who is everyone knows as Marv from Home Alone. And City City Slickers. I was gonna say City Slickers. Did you know he also he was the narrator of the Wonder Years? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. And he plays Brickma in this, so he has a dual role. He plays a character and he directs. Yeah. I'd never seen this movie before, and it's circa nineteen ninety-three, as you were saying. So it's right, you know, right on the cusp of the eighties. I mean, you can really it's very nostalgic. Uh, especially when they're doing the like the Pepsi commercial and they have the old Pepsi cans, it it was fun going back and and watching it. But I don't know if like kids, you know, one thing I was thinking the whole time I was watching it, you know, this kid's like really in the baseball and it's like baseball. This are kids like that anymore? Are kids hardcore baseball and hey, let's go out and play and follow teams? And my nephew is six years old and he's starting t-ball again he played it for the first time mm. last year and he's get and he is he's really loving it and he's get you can tell from the age five to age six that he's paying closer attention and all that stuff so i was i played softball i was mostly second base and i just have to, i have to say it i have to say it we're going to document it so that it's there for everyone to know i made an unassisted triple play there you go. I played second base. I caught a pop fly, tagged second base, and tagged this first base runner. So we used to play out in the without backfields at the farm, and in the evenings, you know, play softball. But those are the best games, you know. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. So, did you enjoy batting or fielding? Both. I mean, I like batting better, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you left or right-handed? Right-handed. My dad is. Is it called? ambidextrous when it comes to batting yep. yeah he can bat he can, both ways that's when you freak him out is like <laughs> if you're right-handed and you have, you bat 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 and then like you switch <laughs> then the, the pitcher doesn't know what to do yeah <laughs> uh, and then you'll see like everybody in outfield kind of shift <laughs> um all right so the people that are in rookie of the year the main kid henry rowan gardner is played by thomas ian nicholas I mean, he looks really familiar. I was kind of looking at his filmography and like, he really didn't do like a whole lot after that. Actually, his girlfriend was in a lot more than he was like the girl that played his girlfriend. 
Oh, you're meaning his fictitious girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, was her name Becky in the movie? I think. Mm-hmm, Becky, yep. Yeah. Column B, column, column. Jacobson Durstein. Yeah. Durstein. She has every uh, name is weird. <laughs> yeah, but she was in the Mighty Ducks, and yep. then she was also in uh, Second Men in Black movies. So yep. I guess apparently yep. she's a chef now, so she's a oh, gourmet chef. Fancy. Yeah. Fancy dancy. And then Gary Busey. How did you like seeing? <laughs> did you know he was in this? I didn't because honestly, like I said, I had never watched this particular movie. I just slipped between the cracks. But yeah, yeah well, Gary Busey, man, looking young. FYI, he was clean shaven during this, and this that was a fake mustache. Oh, really? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. You can tell now. Now that I know, and I watched it, I can totally tell. But as a kid, I was yeah. oblivious. I like as a kid watching this, I thought he was so cool. <laughs> Very amusing. <laughs> Chit Stedman. Okay, next one. Albert Hall as as the coach, as the manager. Do you know him from anything? Star Trek: Next Generation. Who do you play in uh, Next Generation? Character actor Gallic Dar. Gallic Dar. It sounds like he's a uh, Cardassian, but. A Kardashian? <laughs> Kardashian. They're they're from another planet. That's yeah, they sure. are. He's also in Apocalypse Now, Malcolm X. Major Payne. Samford and Son. I gotta look up specifically who he played in Star Trek. Take me out to it was the seventh inning stretch. We'll wait for you. Take me out to the ball game. Take oh, yeah. me out to the crowd. Buy That's, me he, some hmm? peanuts, cracker jacks. Uh, he, if I ever get back, yeah, I remember that. He was like total makeup. I mean, so no wonder I didn't yeah. recognize him. So <laughs> That's he was understandable. Totally unrecognizable. I wouldn't recognize Nicholas Holt as what the Beast is. That what he's called? Oh yeah. One one person in there too that kind of well, it's not really what surprised me a little bit. I guess was like Eddie Bracken, mm-hmm. which played. The team owner, mm-hmm. which he was on Home Alone too. He was like the yes, owner was. of the Toy Story. Connections, yeah. 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 So was. Which uh, Daniel Stern. John Candy, <laughs> too. Yeah, John Candy was in there. That, that really surprised me. It was good to yeah. see John Candy. Now, he's uncredited because they didn't cast him until after they casted everyone else. So he's uncredited on IMDb. But, of course, we know who he is. He's when he's uh, in Oh, there. yeah. Yeah little bit of info on Eddie Bracken. Like you said, he's from Home Alone 2. He's also Buzz on the Golden Girls. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then his first credit was in 1939 on a movie called Pacific Liner. His first major role was in 1940 in the movie Too Many Girls starring Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Mm. And he played Jojo Jordan, who he's remade, he's redoing his role that he did on Broadway in that in that story. But yeah, he so he was good friends with Lucy and, and Desi Arnaz. Okay. Yeah. Look, I got I'll show you. I got an old timey picture of him. Can you see him? Oh yeah. Cute little guy. I'm sure he, he's probably not I'm sure he's not still with us anymore. I mean he No, he died I think in two thousand two, yeah. around that time. Then some other people, Amy Morton, who plays Henry's mom. She's mm-hmm. a, she's in a bunch of Chicago shows like Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, Med, Justice. And I think it's because she's from right out. She was born right outside of Chicago. Okay. So 
She's she holds Chicago close to her heart. That's about it. Well, I've got some other names on here, but uh, uh, Dan Hedaya. Mm-hmm. I guess that's how you spell. He's been a lot of stuff. I mean, he's Mr. Fish. Yeah, he's a character actor. He was like in. I mean, he's been on tons of stuff. Uh, I know he was on like Alien Resurrection off the top of my head, but he's got a nice, nice, distinct chin dimple. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's get into the movie. First off, when I watch this, I am I am 34, okay? I watched this. How old was I when this movie came out? If it was 93, I was five when this came out. So all through my childhood, I watched this movie over and over. How, did, and and how over. was your preferred method of watching it? It was a VHS or did you go to the movies and see it originally? Oh no, we had the we had the awesome thick plastic sleeve for the for the VHS oh, tape. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. old Disney, Disney, like VHS that were all like big plastic. Oh yeah. And you, I love the click of it when you open it up. Yeah. But yeah, so I watched it over and over and I don't think I realized how much I watched it until I just watched it now because uh-huh. it was like, I've told, I've told my family this, it was like a domino memory effect. A scene would come on. And I, I would have forgotten about it until I'm watching it. And then as the scene's going on, it's like I hadn't missed a beat. I'd watched it yesterday. I guess I must, I knew every line and I haven't watched this movie in 20 plus years, probably. Oh, I love this movie so much. Mm. <laughs> Good times. It's like brings back childhood memories. What'd you think? Did you, I, I want to hear your perspective from someone who's never seen it and you're seeing it at an older age, you know, well, I am seeing older it. than five. <laughs> You know, displaced from the air. I mean, like I said, it was like really good watching it because it was very nostalgic and took me back to like, you know, very early 90s. We're just getting off the cusp of the 80s. Yeah. But it was a little bit campy coming back and watching it now, you know, because it's it's just one thing that took me. It's like I like Daniel Stern, but man, he played that character so over the top. It was just hard (laughs) for me to watch at times. Let the big dog eat. Yeah, I mean, he was he was pretty he handed up pretty good, and I, and it's a kids movie. I mean, so I mean that's that's the the thing. That and that's the thing. As a kid, I thought he was hilarious. Yeah, now it's just like you're kind of rolling your eyes. It's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny as but me and I totally get why you're rolling as your eyes. But when I was watching it, it was like so sentimental. It was very uh, formulaic the whole movie because you kind of it's like oh you know. You knew what was going to happen. You knew at the end he was going to have another accident and you know, like switch off the superpower and then he was going to have to do it out of his own accord or you could really predictable. Predictable but you just knew what the formula was going to be for. And nothing wrong with that. Nothing no. wrong with that, but they don't make them like they used to. With his arm injury. Mhm. Like we've said before we work in healthcare. Mhm. So, he, it this is what the doctor said happened to him. He had a radial fracture of the ulna, assorted rotator cartilage damage. Bones are fine, but the tendons have fused with the humerus. First of all, tendons are supposed to fuse to the bone, correct? Yeah. I mean, that's what keeps your skeleton together. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, so it's okay. But I think their point was it fused too tightly. He's got a contracture. What's a contracture? That's like when when you're... When you have to sign a paper and you you have to go work yeah. for the Yankees, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're contractually obligated. <laughs> it's like his uh, tendon, like kind of tightened up, and you can't 
it's he doesn't have good range of motion anymore he just so if he 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 had a good range it's just when it yeah, went it back tight. it flung forward yeah see as a kid i was like i wanted is it bad i wanted to fall on a baseball hurt my arm and pitch for the yeah. pittsburgh pirates yeah but that's what i was thinking the whole movie if he is like like a contracture is kind of like a tightening where you can't mm -hmm. but i mean eventually hopefully that would like loosen up and he loses power anyway right anywho well i thought that was interesting i was wanting to find something wrong with the way they did that but they yeah. did it pretty good they did i was kind of like watching that i was just like mm, okay well because i'll allow it <laughs> judge phil says that it's it's i'll allow yeah. i'll allow it for the sake of entertainment <laughs> proceed so the first the first opening scene to this movie I'm going to play part of the soundtrack, or the score to this, because is it just me? I, w I felt very nostalgic when they were showing the scenes of them getting the park ready, ripping people's tickets, them getting the souvenirs yeah. out, getting the, you know, the roster pamphlet programs ready. And the music just has the feel of baseball. I feel like it should be playing John Fogarty's center field, like the whole time that, you know. Best baseball song ever. That's <laughs> funny going back and watch it. You get so spoiled with the technology of today. When you go back and watch an old movie like that, and it's it's showing these big, big open scenes like the ball field, it's like, wow, that's really low def. Because <laughs> yeah. you're so used to high def stuff now. It's, it's like, wow, that's really grainy. No, it, I mean, that's going to happen no matter what. Although, like yeah. we said on the last episode, the Patriot, though, has aged really well. And the Patriot was really yeah. only done several years after this. This movie. I think it was, was 2001, 2000, 2000, 2001, something like that. So this yeah. is like six or seven years difference. That makes a yeah. big difference. Um, Bill Conti did the soundtrack oh, yeah. for this. And he also did theme song for Dynasty. Duck Dynasty. No, just plain old. Oh, Dynasty. Dynasty. Okay. <laughs> Quack. Okay, so I love the opening scene. The Henry's Little League team are the Pirates. What do you think of their whole little trio of friends? Well, I mean, and that's you have the 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 kind of the nerd outcast. They become popular because one of them, you know. Uh, I mean, that's fine. I mean, typical cliche. Typical cliche movie trope what would you do what would you do phil if that happened to you and i'd you... be signing all the contracts <laughs> all the pepsi contracts so okay speaking of that do you think jack handled all that well or do you think jack was a jerk mom's boyfriend no i think he was really kind of a jerk i mean really i mean he was just in it uh in it for know, himself make yeah make 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 10 percent which that didn't really play out like I thought. They were like, well, you know, sign him to this other team. And he's like, okay. And then he had her sign it. He's just like, oh, here's son, it's a contract. And nothing really came out of that. Why did she trust him? Yeah. Because really she's only been dating him for like three or four months. Yeah. But you know what I mean at the end? Because he's like, well, I'm just going to quit. You try, But I mean, he signed a contract. So <laughs> I don't know if he can like quit. Now we don't really see, does Jack actually give that contract to somebody or does it just get thrown away uh who knows but that's what i'm you know, going with but that's what i'm saying they never really they should have sh kind of shown that or like you know he had a change of heart and he ripped it up or yeah 
but that was just kind of a loose end that was never tied up really. And as a kid, my thought was just they ripped up the contract once they figured it out because it had to have been several days after because they were at the Pepsi photo shoot. She signed it. And then it was a whole other day that, that she kicked him out of the house and everything. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know. Eh, the magic of movies. Contracts don't matter, <laughs> but they do. Yeah. Not that they would have wanted him, but I mean, if you know, because he lost his uh, he lost his power, but yeah. lost his pitching ability. But you'd think he'd still, even if you signed it, he'd still get a payout. What's the probability that you you land on your arm and your arm gets messed up, and then you land on yeah. your arm and it gets unmessed up? I know. With no, <laughs> it's just like, oh, it just doesn't work anymore. Especially since that was just like. Like that doesn't make any sense because it's just kind of like a, you know, like I said, a tightening of the tendon or whatever. How's that going to loosen it up? Right. I mean, you know, that sort of thing usually happens if you're in a cast or something, you can't, you can't bend your arm and it just kind of. Holds stiff. It's stiff. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of shrinks the the tendon or whatever. And you kind of. And honestly, it's not, it's not even a muscle thing because the muscles would atrophy too. Mm Mm-hmm. If your tendons are too tight, you're not going to be able to move. It's all yeah. about the muscle. I don't know. I'm the magic of movies. Just I like the sound effect though. <laughs> like when he threw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you like it when he hit the doctor? Oh yeah. Yeah. That just was go. Funny. Just go. Just go. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So how about all the different names the manager says? For him, would you like to hear all the different variations of Rowan Gardner? Yeah. Do you do you remember any of them? Mm, not really. I just remember him mispronouncing. Rulingfurter, Gardenhoser, Ravi Boozer, Rosenbagger, Runamucker, Rowan Gardner, Rulingruder, and Rosenberger. Was that who? Was that the coach, or was that was that Daniel Stern, or was that the coach? No, that, the pitching that was coach the coach, the, the coach manager. Coach? The manager. Okay. Star Trek dude. Okay. Yeah. I I found that when I was younger, again, as a seven-year-old, I found that hilarious. Because being someone who has a weird last name, I, lo- I, I don't know. I love that they were making fun of it. Okay. So uh, did you get, do you know the Wizard of Oz reference in the movie? Must have missed that. Go up to Wrigley Field for the first time for him to go to for practice. And there's big mm-hmm. double doors. Oh, yeah. I, Oh yeah, open a little door. Yeah, well, that's a horse of a whole different color. Yeah, yeah. You know the that you know the the big kind of the batter the first time he pitched that guy Cato. looked familiar. The real big big guy. Yeah, his. Face and then he was in there familiar. later because he looked really familiar. But let me look him up. I'm sure they got him just because he looked intimidating. Tom Milanovic. See what else he's been in. Like I feel like, oh, Groundhog Day. He's playing Groundhog Day. Well, did he pass away? He passed away in two thousand three at the age of forty nine, and he's born in Chicago. They say what he passed away of. No, Rook of the Year, Groundhog Day. He was a state trooper. Family Matters. He's been in stuff, but yeah, it is true. I feel like I've seen him somewhere. Anyway, yeah, no, he he played a good man. He was a bulky guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Intimidating. He was, he was an intimidating, big, scary guy. Yeah. Okay, so 
the first pitching scene. What did you think of Rocket's pep talk, the have to? Oh, that, uh, that was weird. I, I don't know. It was funny, but. It made no sense. Yeah, no. Okay. Can we please talk about the hotel scene before Brinkma gets stuck in the door? Do you remember this scene? Because they have adjoining rooms. So the one door opens, but the, the hotel guy comes through because the door locks when it closes and the hotel guy goes this was one of the funniest lines when i was a kid i'm sorry your door seems to be malfunctioning i'll get housekeeping up here and then he like pauses and just it does a really creepy smile <laughs> and then brinkma gets stuck in between the two doors do you remember this vaguely oh my gosh vaguely phil <laughs> Oh, and all of these scenes are seared into my brain. <laughs> well, you've seen it a hundred times. I saw it once, so. It's true. <laughs> I dropped my peanuts and I was like getting them up at that time. So. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And that's, that's totally understandable. <laughs> no, he gets stuck in between the two hotel doors and okay. it's like for a whole, a whole evening. He's in between yeah. these, the spaces between. Well, he was always getting, yeah. Well, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he was always getting stuck and stuck because they locked him like at the final game. He got locked in. the. Well, you know, it's probably because he had to be directing. So they didn't want him in every yeah. scene. Yeah. OK, we're going to go through three, two scenes and then we're then we'll be all done and we'll do a quiz. The first scene is the batting scene when Henry bats for the first and only time. He gets walked because he has such a small strike zone. So he gets walked. Do you remember what he does when he's at first base with the pitcher? Yeah, I mean, he tries to steal. Well, he, ta he taunts him. He taunts him, but he was trying to steal steal a base. And he was just like... Pitcher's <laughs> <laughs> got a big butt. Yeah. I'm just saying, when, we, when I was in t-ball and softball, everybody did that. <laughs> yeah. Every time. It was always pitcher's got a big butt. Every time. And then I got a picture kind of look back mm. yeah. <laughs> in the movie. That pitcher, that pitcher was actually a pitcher in the MLB, but he was actually also working on the movie. Who did he pitch for? When Henry has to take his first at bat against the LA Dodgers, the pitcher in that scene is Tim Stoddard. He was the technical advisor for the baseball scene in the movie coincidentally he was actually a pitcher for the cubs in real life he pitched on the 84 cubs team that won the nl east title and eventually lost to the san diego padres there you go nifty gifty then he gets to second because he actually steals mm -hmm. so he's on second and the batter mm -hmm. hits the ball and he needs to be running they forgets to run <laughs> And, here, you know, I thought in that scene, because they both, you know, when they came in the home, they both slid. I thought the other player was going to pick him up, and I thought that was going to happen. I thought that was going to be a thing. But Now, would that, with baseball rules, would that have counted? Well, I mean, come on, it's a movie. <laughs> well, so then the guy's yelling on delay, on delay. Again, I thought I, I wanted so much to be Henry. I wanted to be the kid who was on a Major League Baseball team. 
what have I done? That's what I was kind of, you know, earlier when I said the kids are kids like really into baseball. I mean, like, would this movie have the same gravity nowadays as it did back then? I mean, would kids be like, oh, that's, you know, a big dream. You know, I'd I'd love to be on a major league baseball. I know. I mean, I've got this hat, this gray hat right here has two of my favorite players from the Pirates signatures that I met at Westmoreland County Mall in Pennsylvania. I got to meet them and I got signatures, but it's like, I think kids, kids are still interested, but I think there's a lot less, unfortunately. There's a lot more, maybe maybe a lot more interests in this day and age. Yeah. I mean, look at us. We're making a podcast. I'm sure there's some kids somewhere making podcasts. I mean, there's kids that are getting rich off of either YouTube channels and stuff. Mm -hmm. You're right. Are we getting rich off this pod off the YouTube channel? <laughs> oh, okay. But if you want to help us, everyone, please go like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and follow us and hit play. And we'll, maybe we will be someday. Probably not. <laughs> I doubt. We're doing this for the love of the game, Phil. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Another reference. <laughs> We're going to keep going. That's an old movie for love of the game. Yes, it was. What year was that? I don't know. That was, I think, 90. It seems like in the 90s, there's a lot of baseball movies. Because wasn't, I mean, that was wasn't the era, uh, I like yeah. Bull Durham and mm-hmm. like uh, Field of Dreams, all those weren't they in the 90s? Maybe it was all just because Kevin Costner liked baseball. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like stuff like that will come in like waves. Like, you know, you won't see like a Western. Mm-hmm. There won't be Westerns and all of a sudden you'll have like three or four and then they'll kind of go away and then later come back. You'll have another kind of wave of them. But It's almost like, is it because the production companies all have these scripts and they're just competing and that's why we have them all at one time because they're trying to compete? Like Maybe. Tombstone and Wider. Because mm-hmm. they don't want another production company to outsell them on a certain genre. So they're going to go and put one out too. I don't know. Well, it was, it was not to get off topic, but what? it seemed like back in the 90s 2000s that you'd always have these competing companies and there would be movies that would be very similar like like armageddon and deep impact and they'd come out like really close and then you'd have like dante's peak and volcano there's two movies that were very similar and they came out in the same year but there was a lot of movies like that 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 were just like really close or similar themes and they'd be released in the same year no it's true and then Contact, didn't another movie come out around Contact that was like it? Yeah, I can't think of the name of it. I was kind of thinking that, but I couldn't remember what the other movie was. Yeah, no, it's true. And that's why I'm thinking, like, is it is it because there's this stuff we don't know about going on behind the scenes where they're just competing with each other? Oh. But another thing is, too, I mean, you even see it to an extent today with, like, the Marvel movies in DC because they weren't going to do like a civil war movie until like, okay, we have Batman versus Superman. And it's just like, Oh yeah, we're going to top that. You know, Kevin Feige yeah. is going to like top that. And he's like, okay, we're going to do civil war now. Cause they weren't going to do that before. And then they had, you know, DC was going to do wonder woman. They saw that did well. So it's like, well, okay, now we're going to do Captain Marvel. We need uh, like a, a female, female lead you know, role movie. Yeah. Hero out, out front. I mean, but they, they do that. It's just like, they try to one up each other. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, and that's the whole thing with DC. They saw like, wow, Marvel's like really, you know, they're putting together these movies and doing the Avengers and we're going to do the Justice League. But then they didn't really put the work into it like Marvel that's did. That's what I'm going to say the is they, they didn't. But they tried to fast before. track it off because 
they were seeing how much success that Disney and Marvel was having doing these shows. So it's just like, how can we, you know, we don't want to put 10 years into it to develop this big ensemble cast movie. We'll but just then like look what happens. There. Look what happens yeah. when you just throw it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. And it could have been. I feel like it could have been. And I would have loved it if we had both being doing a great job at it. It's a little bit upsetting. I, DC upsets me a little bit because it just, it's, it seems like it's greedy. Yeah. You know? Which is funny because there for a while, DC was like the front runner of, of like superhero movies. I mean, they had, you know, Batman back in like 89 and they were making all this money from comic book movies. And then like Marvel came along and kind of blew them out of the water. And You know why? Because Marvel prepared and got things, got yeah. their, you know what together. Yeah. And DC snoozed and yeah. so they lose <laughs> okay oh the other scene in rookie of the year that i wanted to get your opinion on when they're in the club celebrating and then they walk up and there's these two beautiful women standing there and brickma with henry goes excuse me excuse me <laughs> he pushes them out of the way because there's a pinball machine behind them what do you think um, of that i was kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> we got a, we got a fun part for phil um okay and then we need to talk about the final scene where henry no longer has a fast pitch arm what do you think about when he's walking the pitcher and then he calls the team in and he does the hidden ball trick and all that stuff predictable <laughs> i don't know in a way i mean it's kind of funny i think you know being a kid and watching that mm -hmm. you would have thought it was cool but no another way it's just kind of like oh you're winning by just not playing baseball cheap, cheap tricks yeah so and i was wondering watching that would that would that fly like in a real baseball game or would they just call you on it and be like mm. so with the hidden ball trick I have all the info on it. The hidden ball trick that the Cubs used near the end of the movie would not have actually resulted in an out based on MLB rules. This is because a mound visit is considered a timeout from play, which does not start up again until the pitcher has the ball while standing on the rubber of the mound. Since the first baseman had the ball after the mound meeting was done, the timeout had not officially ended meaning he would not be able to tag the runner at first out. I feel like they could have just like had a second ball. What you, or would that mean, have been illegal? No, that would have been totally ball. illegal. How do you know which ball's the real ball? Oh, that's true. That's true. So, and here are the official rules from the Baseball Rules Academy. The ball must be in play. If any umpire calls timeout prior to the tag of the sleeping runner, there's no out. The pitcher is permitted to be in the pitching circle without penalty. The pitcher cannot be on a stride or straddling the pitching rubber. This is a bulk. So Henry, Henry would have bulked. The pitcher cannot place the rosin bag in his glove in an attempt to deceive the runner. This is a bulk. I'm surprised they didn't call him rosin bag. <laughs> Rosenberger. Garden hoser. <laughs> rosin bag. Rosenbagger. Rosenbagger. And then fielders uh, are not permitted to place the ball inside their uniform. This includes their pocket. 
Yeah, they won by shenanigans. <laughs> I would have, I would have rather seen, I would have rather seen, you know, uh, Gary Busey pitch the last. Yeah, but he ball. was done. He couldn't. His arm was done. Well, he couldn't even throw it. I know, Holy. but I would have rather seen him get the guy out and then lose it on the last. You know, they could have reshuffled it where instead of just winning by like. But the, the story was all about Henry. The movie was for the kids. The kid was going to be the hero. Well, I know. but You know what really would happen in real life? You'd have more than one closer. Yeah. I mean, did they have no other closers on, in the Cub dugout? Apparently not. <laughs> then you get then you get the first baseman to go out there and throw the ball. Well, It'd be but better. the thing is, he's wasn't like... When they were in the dugout at that one point, he's like, you're in my seat, kid. Like the pitchers sit over. And there was, when there a bunch of pitchers there kind of like looking at him? Yeah, but they might not be closers. There's rules Uh, about when you can use certain pitchers. And some of them might have played games already. Normally, if there's a pitcher in the dugout, they're not pitching. They should be out in the outfield one. You're putting too much thought in this. I don't think they're... (laughs) I love this movie so much. I know it's not accurate, but I loved it. Okay, then we transition when they win. We win the game. Oh, and the mom. So I have it on my board here. The mom, we find out, was the pitcher, not his father. And she told him to float it. What'd you think of that? That that was kind of on the left field. (laughs) Pardon the pun. But I mean, I don't know. With his, his mom being like, I mean, where was the kind of the backstory there other than it's just like, oh, your dad was like this big baseball star. So was she like a big, was she like a league of her own or something? I mean, because they never really. She was, it was understood that she was actually the great pitcher in a, in a female baseball league, but she was doing that because she wanted him to have, she said it earlier to have him to look up to someone. I got that. I mean, she wanted to, she wanted to feel good about his dad but so all the stories she was telling really about her i mean apparently but yeah well because i think the only thing she could think of good to say about him was something about her (laughs) and he never never once like took that tape off (laughs) i know yeah that's just like a kid you know a kid's gonna be like hey what's this yeah But it's my movie magic. Yeah, movie magic. <laughs> okay, 23 years after the film's release, the Chicago Cubs would go on to win the 2016 World Series in seven games against the Cleveland Indians, coming back from a 3-1 to series deficit to win the series 4-3. That's after 108 years. Uh, and Thomas Ian Nicholas celebrated the win on Twitter by posting the final shot from the film showing Henry holding up his... World Series ring to the camera. And then the big old ring on that little kid. <laughs> oh, and he didn't win from his. I mean, I guess he got there, but he was, probably wasn't closer during the playoffs or during during the final. About shenanigans. <laughs> Look at this ring I won by cheating. <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> Look, kids, you can do this if you just break your arm. <laughs> oh, well, but as a kid, you do shenanigans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why I said kids would think it's funny. But Oh, yeah. I thought, as a kid, I thought those were the actual Cubs players in my mind, in my imagination. I thought it was so cool he got to wear a, a Major League Baseball uniform. Yeah. <laughs> and play with the play. Oh, jealous. 
<laughs> you can uh, save up your money and go to like uh, spring training camp. That's way down in Florida. I don't want to go down there. I'd I'd rather be in Pittsburgh watching a game. I don't want to go down to Humidityville, Florida. You can they they have things where you can actually play with the players, right? I mean, well, now I as a kid, I do have a certificate from when I got to run the bases on Three Rivers, and hmm. so I got to run base. I went to a concert at PNC Park and got to be on the dirt on the field while the concert was going on. The concert was down on the infield. Is neat. The end. Okay. The end of Rookie of the Year. I give it an A plus for memories and uh, you know, it's awesome. And you give it an F. <laughs> no, I don't give it an F. I mean it was entertaining, but I don't have that those uh rose colored glasses to look my glasses are completely clear. Yeah. I can see everything accurately. Yeah. yeah. So no, I mean it was it was an enjoyable watch. Oh, good. So it wasn't a waste of time. No, 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 no. I just said I just thought that uh, Daniel Stern played that part a little bit over the top. I mean, I was just like, wow. <laughs> now, like Daniel Stern. I'm going to guess that your favorite scene was the Pepsi can during the commercial ad. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, old timey. I was waiting for Michael Jackson to come out. And, uh, Ray Charles, uh, Ray Charles, you heard Ray Charles voice. That and was... I had a huge crush on Henry Rowan Gardner. Yeah. Garden hoser. <laughs> okay. Ready for baseball quiz? Yeah. Let's quiz uh it up. Question number one. The 2013 biopic 42 stars Chadwick Boseman. Oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. I just said the answer in the question. <laughs> Here, I'll change Chadwick it up. Boseman. The two, 2013 biopic 42 stars Chadwick Boseman as which famous baseball player with Harrison Ford playing Brooklyn Dodgers owner Branch Rickey? Babe Ruth? Jackie Robinson, Roberto Clemente, or Roger Clemens? Jackie Robinson. Yeah! <laughs> Yay for me. Question two. The 2005 movie Fever Pitch was envisioned as a fantasy where what team would end the curse of the Bambino and finally win the World Series? New York. Would you like yeah. options? Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would. The Pittsburgh Pirates, the Chicago Cubs, the Boston Red Sox, or New York Mets? Cubs. What was it? Cubs. Or not. I meant uh, Giants. Are you saying the Cubs? Giants wasn't an option. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> the Pirates, Cubs, Cubs, Red Sox, Mets. Cubs. No, it's not Red Sox. I meant, I meant Red Sox. <laughs> Red Sox, but you really got that wrong. Mets, Mets Sox. I said Mets Sox. <laughs> the Mets Sox. <laughs> Question three. <laughs> Dottie Hinson. May Mordabito and Doris Murphy all play for the Rockford Peaches in what 1992 film? League of the Own. Hear that call. <laughs> okay, question four. The rookie from 2002 tells the story of Jimmy Morris, a Texas high school chemistry teacher and baseball coach who agrees to go to a professional baseball tryout if his team wins the champion. Oh, I just said the answer in the question again. <laughs> What's the movie called? Uh, the Rookie? Yes! <laughs> I'm really messy. I was going to say Breaking Bad. It sounded like a chemistry teacher. Uh <laughs> Okay, question five. Let's see if I can not screw up any more of these questions. Where was Field of Dreams filmed? What state? Indiana, Pennsylvania, Iowa, or Kentucky? Now, is this where it was filmed or where it was supposed to take place? Filmed. I'm going to say Indiana. That's probably not right, but... Uh, no. no. Uh, I meant I was going to say... Um, <laughs> Kentucky. You're out. Our Pennsylvania. You're out. Or that last option. Iowa. Yeah. Uh, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You saved the best for last. You saved I did. The I, was, I was last. taking the scenic route to get there through Kentucky <laughs> and oh. all the other states. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have gotten that right had I not looked it up. Okay. Yeah. Which Guardian of the Galaxy starred in Moneyball? Okay. Chris Pratt, mm -hmm. Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine, or Chris Evans? It would have to be Pratt. Yes. Maybe, yes. The, the rest of them aren't really, well. Well, Hemsworth kind of is. is. He's not a But patient. really they aren't. None of the other ones yeah. were. Yeah. One wasn't even in the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Okay, question seven. It what 1994 movie starred Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Danny Glover, Christopher Lloyd, Matthew McConaughey, and Adrian Brody, where the angels win with the help of divine intervention? Yeah! <laughs> angels in the Wasn't there like another, like a sequel to that? There's like a straight to video. It's like angels in the end zone or something. <laughs> I don't know, like, there's a different Immaculate or Reception. Here, let me look it up. Angels in the Infield. Okay. A fading pitcher made a mistake in a crucial game and lost not only the game, but his family. However, his daughter still believes in him. And with the help of her guardian angel, another ex-baseball player, not only restores his confidence, but also finds a way to solve her own problems with ballet. It has Patrick Warburton, Burton. David Allen Greer, Kurt Fuller. There you go. Angels in the infield. Okay. Question number eight. Which Robert Redford classic is the top rated baseball movie of all time? The Rookie, The Natural, The Final Season, or The Perfect Game? 
I just said that. I said oh. that. You didn't hear me? <laughs> no, I didn't. Rewind hear you. it. Rewind <laughs> it. I have evidence. It's on videotape. You I actually it. got one right. I knew one. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> okay. Uh, question nine. What 2010 indie film follows two brothers as they drive across country to see their hero, Roberto Clemente, get his 3,000th hit? Mr. 3000, For the Love of the Game, Chasing 3000, or American Pastime? Is it Mr. 3000? Pastime? Uh, chasing 3000? Yes! Yes! <laughs> Because they're chasing, because they're going across country. Yeah, I suck at this. I don't know my baseball movies that well. This is the final question, which I said would come back around at the beginning of the episode. Ready? What was the first baseball movie ever made? Ball game. Yeah, the ball game. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the ball game. <laughs> I open at the close. <laughs> Isn't it a nice bookend? Ball game bookend. It is. It is. So that concludes this uh, baseball-themed episode of Muggle with a Mic. Yeah, buddy. We knocked that out of the park. But um, <laughs> um, No, we have some ideas in the works for future episodes, so stay tuned. And that's all. Thanks for, thanks for playing baseball with me, Phil. Yep. That's all, folks. Yep. Thanks for uh, thanks for another good podcast. Game over. <laughs> Game over, man. Game over. If you enjoyed this episode of Marvel with a Mic, make sure you like and subscribe on all our social media platforms. You can find us on most podcasting sites, including Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. While you're on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could rate and review us. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Muggle with a Mic. Get the latest clips and video on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell to get notifications when we upload a new video. 